welcome to the Legal Merry-Go-Round, where you can learn to avoid the downs and savor the ups. Here, 40-year veteran attorney Paul Samico will entertain you and help you understand the law in areas we might all face. Brushes with the police? Oh boy. Family disputes? Oh no. An injury and accident situations? Ouch. And now, here's Paul. Hi, and thank you so much for giving me your ear. I am Paul Samico, and I am the host of this Marital Mondays edition of The Legal Merry-Go-Round, where I always, always implore you to avoid the downs and savor the ups. Yes, that's right. Think back when you were a little kid and you were on that merry-go-round riding that horse, waving to mommy and daddy, and you loved going up, but you didn't like going down so much. And that theme is carried through in your whole life, so I'm reminding you, enjoy the good times and try to avoid the bads. So here today on Marital Mondays, where we talk about things involving the family, I want to talk about something I consider to be very, very happy, very happy, and that is adoption. Adoption is an absolutely wonderful example of giving from your heart and one of the highest forms of love. Indeed, the process can be heart-wrenching, but for many, very, very worthwhile. Now, many people are adopted. I'm going to give you some stats in just a moment. I chose... I, I, I look at this and I, I hear both sides as we all do, but I choose to look at it as positive. Some people, I think appropriately say, my biological parents, well, you know, well, I say appropriately, I, I don't mean that. They might f- say, unfortunately, my biological parents didn't want me. Uh, But others, I think, and here's what I meant to say appropriately, might say, my adoptive parents really wanted me. There's a hundred million stories out there about why biological parents would choose to give up a child for adoption. And it isn't necessarily true that the child isn't wanted. I'm no expert. I'm not a psychologist, but that's just my take on it. So I told you a lot of people are adopted. Well, in fact, right now, there's about 5 million Americans who are adopted. 4% of those families uh, in America have adopted children, and about 2.5% of all children under 18 are adopted. Let me run through a list of people who uh, that you might have heard of them are adopted, and I think they turned out pretty well. Maya Angelou, Truman Capote, Kristen Chenoweth, Eric Clapton, President Bill Clinton, Nat King Cole, Eric Dickerson, professional football player, President Gerald Ford, Jamie Foxx, a singer and actor, Melissa Gilbert, Newt Gingrich, Faith Hill, oh, isn't she amazing, Scott Hamilton, Jesse Jackson, Steve Jobs, John Lennon, Greg Louganis, the Olympic gold medal diver, Malcolm X, Nelson Mandela, Tim McGraw, Sarah McLaughlin, Tom Monahan, the founder of Domino's Pizza and the owner of the Detroit Tigers. Marilyn Monroe was adopted. Mother Teresa was adopted. Alonzo Mourning, professional basketball player. First Lady Nancy Reagan. 
And there's so many more unbelievable people who were adopted. Well, all right, so the show isn't about giving you stats and statistics and telling you the names of people. The show is about sharing some information about some real-life cases. And after the break, I'm going to come back and tell you what happened, the final resolution of these cases. So dating myself here and perhaps dating you you may have heard about this sensational case in the early 1990s. It was called the Baby Jessica case. So let me tell you what happened here. Almost immediately, Kara began to have second thoughts. When her old boyfriend, Dan, showed up, she told him that the baby she had just given up for adoption was his, not Scott's. Kara attended a support group meeting of the concerned United Birth Parents, and she listened to the sad tales of mothers who regretted giving up their babies for adoption. Before baby Jessica was more than a month old, Kara and Dan, who were now living together, filed motions to get her back. It took about six months to process the genetic tests to prove that Dan indeed was the father. By the end of 1991, an Iowa court accepted proof that Dan's parent of Dan's parenthood and recognized that he had never signed away his rights, nullified the adoption before it became final. The court ordered the DeBoers to return Jessica to her biological parents, uh, and the DeBoers, as I am sure you can imagine, were devastated. They decided to fight. They wrote countless letters to children's rights groups around the country. They contacted reporters. They uncovered the fact that the biological father, Dan, had fathered two other children, neither of which he had supported, by two other women, neither of whom he had married. So in 1992, the Iowa Supreme Court agreed to hear the case, and it dragged on for about a year. The biological parents, Kara and Dan, were married in April of that year of 92. Finally, at the end of the year in December, the Iowa court holds in an eight-to-one decision. Seems like it's pretty final, right? The higher court upheld the lower court's ruling, and Dan's fitness as a parent, while questionable, this court said, uh, his rights held priority over Jessica. The child was ordered transferred to Iowa immediately. Okay, well, we're going to tell you what happened in this case when I come back from the break. Another case across the country in South Carolina. The adoptive parents of a three-year-old little girl uh, went to their state's Supreme Court after a lower court vacated the adoption of the child they had cared for since she was just weeks old. The South Carolina Department of Social Services removed the girl from her biological mother shortly after her birth in May of 2013, when a drug test revealed the presence of cocaine in her system. The DSS then placed the little girl, Braylon, with a couple Mr. and Mrs. Dalsing. Tammy and Edward Dalsing of Rock Hill, South Carolina, wanted to retain custody of their adopted daughter, Braylon. They welcomed their 
little girl, the bouncy little three-week-old girl into their family, uh, and they loved her from the moment that they got her. In the ruling, a family court judge hereby forever terminated the parental rights of the child's biological parents, Erica and Andrew. Andrew was incarcerated. He was in jail at the time of the order. The judge says, Andrew, it's Andrew Myers, had willfully failed to support the child. He never paid any support for the child, despite having the ability and the discretion to do so from funds in his commissary account there in jail. The Dowsings have demonstrated their ability to provide care, support, stability, and security for Braylon. They are truly well-suited to meet her physical, emotional, medical, educational, spiritual, and other needs. So it seems like a no-brainer, right? Well, let's continue. Meyer's attorney, biological father, meanwhile says that her client was not present in court when his rights were terminated, though the court documents show he was legally represented. He was never in court. He was never allowed to come, according to the attorney. He was incarcerated in another state and was never transported. He's been committed to being a father to his daughter from the womb, and he remains absolutely committed, and his family supports him 100%, the lawyer says. At the time, Braylon was placed in the care of the Dalsings. Myers, the biological father, was incarcerated in Virginia on numerous charges, contempt of court, fraud, uh, and a probation violation. So here's what happens. This is why I just love the law. And I think my title of this show is just so good. The ups and the downs, the legal merry-go-round in a move that stunned the family an appellate court judge ruled to vacate the adoption in December of 2016. The girl's fate went back to the family court system. Myers, the biological father, argued the court never should have terminated his parental rights. So I'm going to share with you what happens when we come back from the break. I promise we're going to get to the break here in just a moment. But first, I wanted to share this with you because this is, well, do you understand the expression cutting off your nose to spite your face? Well, apparently this California woman who is now divorced uh, doesn't quite get it. She is making multiple phone calls a day to her ex's employer trying to get him fired accusing him of theft, white-collar crimes, moral issues, saying to the employer that uh, he sleeps with prostitutes and all kinds of other damaging things about his character, trying to get him fired. Well, the problem is the wife has custody of their children, and she wants child support which is based on his income. Okay, then. So if you're the running back or the receiver, I should say, you're the receiver on the football team, 
You have to anticipate where the ball is going to be when the quarterback throws it. You got to run underneath it. You have to think ahead. Where is the ball going to be? Not so bright, wifey. Okay, it's break time here on the merry-go-round. We want to give you value. So, do you need an attorney for an injury case or a criminal matter or something involving family law? Mr. Samico has the answer for you. Go to our podcast website, www.thelegalmerrygoround.com. Again, that's thelegalmerrygoround.com and click on the referrals tab. Then, either fill out the form or call the telephone number where you can leave a detailed message that Mr. Samico will pick up, and you'll get a response with a referral to an excellent attorney in your area within eight business hours. And the referral is free, no charge to you for this referral. So again, if you're looking for a lawyer that meets the highest standards, Paul is going to hook you up. And every attorney he refers to meets the highest standards, and Paul has checked them out for you. If you like what you're hearing from him during these shows, you know he's going to take care of you. So go to thelegalmerrygoround.com. And now, back to the show. Okie dokie, so we're back, and we're talking today, as you know, about adoption, the wonderful, wonderful love of adoptive parents to bring in a stranger, a strange baby, a strange child into their house and take that child and make that child loved and part of their family. How how wonderful, how amazing. Is there anything more loving that can be done in this world? Well, so I want to share with you now the results of those two cases that I talked about in the first half of the show here. Baby Jessica, again, this was a very sensational case in the early 90s, all over the newspapers, in the news, all the time. And if you remember this, if you're old enough, uh, you might just remember what happened, but I'm going to share it with you now. The last thing that we talked about before the break was that a court decided that uh, the biological parents uh, get get the uh, uh, possession and custody, they get to raise little Jessica. But the DeBoers stood their ground. They continued to fight, despite the Iowa court's finding uh, that uh, the baby should go back to the biological parents. They appeared before a judge in Michigan. Now, this case had been battled back and forth in Iowa, but they went to Michigan. And you say, well, why? What has Michigan got to do with this? So the DeBoers argued that Michigan had jurisdiction. Jurisdiction means the power or the right to hear a case. Uh, They argued that Michigan had the jurisdiction in the case because Jessica had resided there for at least six months and because the majority of her records and personal relationships were in that state. The judge agreed. So in early 1993, 
citing the testimony of child psychologists that Jessica would bear permanent emotional damage if she were removed from the only parent she had ever known, the judge awarded custody of the child to the Debeers, agreeing with their lawyers that there was much to lose and little to gain in moving the two-year-old. He turned to the biological parents and said, think possibly of saying to yourselves, folks, enough. The judge urged the two couples to keep in touch, but he cautioned them not to lead Jessica to believe that she had four parents. A good result. A nice result. The second case, the Dowsings versus Andrew Myers, who had been serving time in jail while the original proceedings went on. The court, his rights were terminated, Myers, the biological father, because he failed to meet the minimum requirements under South Carolina state law, said Tammy Dowsing, claiming Myers never called, visited, provided financial support, or showed any interest in the child's life. Following his release from jail, Myers appealed the adoption order, and an appellate court judge agreed, shockingly, citing a previous ruling that said incarceration was not enough reason to terminate a parent's rights. We vacate the family court's finding that father's consent was not required for the adoption and the family court's order granting foster parents adoption of the child, read the appellate court opinion. We find the record does not contain clear and convincing evidence showing the father willfully failed to visit the child. Well, all right, I can live with that. He was in jail, so he couldn't visit the child. The Dowsings also said that the biological father, Myers, made no attempt to contact them about the daughter he had never met. He's never tried to call us. He lost his right, not because he was in prison, but because he didn't do anything. The Dowsings claimed that the biological mother, Kara Smith, whom they said they had been in regular contact with, had asked them to adopt her daughter and now sides with the family with the Dowsings in the dispute. The Dowsings kept fighting and eventually won, and not only adopted the little girl, but they later adopted the little girl's half-sister. That's a very nice story and a very nice ending, and obviously very aggravating for all the people involved. But is there any greater fight in the world than the fight for your children? So are you thinking about adopting? I've got some ideas for you. First of all, how much does it cost to adopt a child? There are lots of types of adoption, and they do cost money. According to uh, Child Welfare Information Gateway, uh, you can look that up, Child Welfare Information Gateway, working with a private agency to adopt a healthy newborn or baby or to adopt from another country can cost anywhere from $5,000 to $40,000. Some agencies have a sliding scale based on their prospective adoptive parents' income. Where can you go outside of the United States? Uh, best places to adopt young children? I looked it up for you. You're welcome. It appears that these countries are the best places. South Korea, Ethiopia, 
Haiti, the Ukraine, China, and the Philippines. So what do you do? If you're thinking about this, you've got to do some research. You know that. Research foster care. See if it's for you. Research adoption agencies. They're not all alike. Get references. Consider something called an open adoption. I'm not going to take the time to explain that because it's very easily uh, researched and understood. Research international adoption. You know, you might consider adopting children or a child with special needs. That, that's just so amazing. Get your finances in order. You know, if you're having a hard time putting bread on the table or paying the rent, maybe now isn't that the time to start thinking about adopting a child. Get your home study, uh, uh, in a, get your home in, in a posture where the home study will be approved. Good luck. Give love. Thank you for listening. You've shown me love. Go to my website, thelegalmerrygoround.com. You can get free reports. You can subscribe. You can get referrals for attorneys all over the country in any number of areas, including adoption. And the referral for me is free. And the lawyer that I'll refer you to, you can trust. We will see you on Wednesday for Wrongdoer Wednesdays. Have a good couple of days. Thanks for listening to The Legal Merry-Go-Round. We hope you enjoyed our show. Tune in next time to get a better understanding of real-life legal situations. Thank you.